Well, welcome everyone to church. So good to see you all. Welcome everyone who's online. Glad you are watching online. Um, guys, I just have a feeling God is going to move in a really special way here. I, 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 uh, I've already sensed the spirit of the Lord. I was on my knees in that, in that back room just weeping, which doesn't clogs up my nose when I do that. Uh, but I just have a feeling the Lord's going to move in a special way. I hope you came expecting to hear a word from God. Do you expect God to speak to you here? Do you expect God to speak to you online? I pray that's your expectation. If that's your expectation, put your hands together. If you want to hear a word from God, if that's your desire to hear a word from God, I believe God, um, he, uh, he responds to the hungry. And if you're hungry for a word, God will speak to you. If you're hungry for God's presence, God will show you his presence. If you're hungry for God's will, he will disclose his will to you. I just believe that. He's moved so many times and he responds to desperation. Are you desperate? Do you just need God? And that's who he is. So I I so enjoyed the worship. I appreciate our worship team. Can you put your hands together for our worship team and everything they do? And we have back-of-the-house volunteers and volunteers and all over the place. So thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Jesus, we humble ourselves before you, and we give you praise. You deserve all of our praise, God, and, and then some and more. So right now, God, I just humble myself before you. And I want to thank you, God, publicly for, for speaking to me last night. I want to thank you, God, for speaking to me this morning. I want to thank you for that word that you gave me that had freedom all over it, God. I want to thank you for that word that you gave me that just uh, just loosened any hold on me in your name. Thank you for that word, God. I know these good people are going to feel the consequence, Lord, of you setting me free like that. And I just want to thank you, God. I worship you, and by your grace, uh, use me again, God. Speak to the person who's watching online right now. Speak to them, God. I pray they have a moment with you, Lord. And God, I pray also for for those who are in person here, Lord, would you speak to them. Every soul, Lord, the stubborn heart and the soft heart, young and old, speak, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I got started earlier today, guys. I, I was at another church this morning and I was preaching um, to some men, and uh, I, I, I feel like I got started on my preaching earlier than normal, and uh, I'm excited about today. So if you're just joining us, incidentally, guys, I want to ask you to put your hands together for one more reason. Would you welcome everyone who's watching online? Give a nice ch- cheer. Thank you for watching online. So exciting. You know, God uses our online ministry in incredible, incredible ways, literally across the world. And it's such an, it's just exponential. It's multiplied and it just goes. So praise Jesus. Uh, the, the, the name of Jesus is proclaimed in person and online. Um, so we're in this series. If you're just joining us uh, for the last uh, four weeks, including this weekend, we've been in this series called Thorn Creek Soul, TC Soul. And what we're looking at is kind of the inside of Thorn Creek, the DNA of Thorn Creek. And the reason why this series is so important is, is it, it explains the, the why 
Why do we do what we do? Why do we have worship like this? Why do we have ministries? Why do we feed the hungry? Um, why do we love on the less fortunate? Why do we greet you at the door? And, and why, why do we have this online ministry? It explains the why. So this really is a great, great, great service for you to be a part of because you're walking into the why. And as we go forward, starting next week, we're going to be looking at the Gospel of Mark. And we're going to start at chapter one. So I'm excited about that new series, the Gospel of Mark. But this explains why we do what we do. We're not just playing church. We're not here to check off a box. Uh, our desire is to introduce people to Jesus and to see transformation. When you walk in at the front doors, and if you walk in the front doors of Thorn Creek, uh, we're between Ace Hardware and a liquor store, you'll find these three words on the window. Love, relationships, and transformation. So this is what we've been talking about these last two weeks. Uh, first week, we talked about love. We value love in this church. We value loving others, and we value loving God. And we believe our love should be visible. shouldn't be just lip service. It should be visible. It should be tangible. You should be able to touch it. Everything we do, we want love to be there. Um, the other word that you see there is relationships. We talked about relationships last week. We believe God works through relationships. It's not enough for you to just kind of hoard salvation or hoard Jesus for yourself or hoard the blessings of God. God wants you to be involved with someone, and we believe everyone should be in an accountability relationship, not including your spouse. And if you say, yep, I have one of those, let me just ask you this question. When was the last time someone spoke truth into your life? And what did they say? If you're having a hard time remembering that, you probably don't have that kind of relationship in your life. The problem with that is if you push away everyone who speaks truth into your life, eventually you'll be surrounded by people who no longer speak truth in your life. That's the problem with that. You'll surround yourself with people who will think like you. That's what you'll do. Today, we're talking about transformation. And I am so excited about this message, guys, because um, everything about Jesus, everything about God, is transformation. Everything about him. See, we're going to do baptisms today. Make sure you watch the whole sermon today on the online uh, audience because it's so good. We're going to do baptisms today. But this is the work of God. God wants to introduce you to his love and his grace. And he sends his only son, Jesus Christ, into the world so that you can be saved. So you can experience the forgiveness of your sins. But God doesn't stop right there. God wants to change you. He wants to transform you into someone who looks like his son, Jesus. He wants to change you. He wants to heal you. He wants to restore you. He wants to renew you. He wants to build you up. He wants to make you a new creature. We value transformation here at Thorn Creek Church. There's, there's really two verses that I want to really hone in on, guys. It's Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says this. These are the words of Paul the Apostle. And he says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a, what church? Read those two words out loud with me. I want you guys to talk to me, okay? I want you, I'll preach much better. I want you to talk to me as a, as a what? As a, and, and holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. 
offering your bodies to God as a living sacrifice. And then verse two says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be, what does it say church? But be, say it one more time, be by the, by the renewing of your mind, then say then with me, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I mean, this is a great message for you. If you want to know God's plan for your life, is that your desire to know God's plan for your life? Do you know God has a bigger purpose in your life than you just breathing? You know God has a bigger purpose in your life than you just going through the routine of your day? You know God has a bigger purpose for your life than just giving yourself pleasures? Do you realize that? And this, these two verses right here uh, talk about like this formula f- to know God's will for your life. And in there, it says this is the will of God for you to be transformed. Turn to the person next to you and just tell them God wants to change you. Can you do that? Just tell them God wants to change you. Turn, do you believe that? Did you receive that? God wants to change you. Um, I thought about this word transform when I was a kid. There were these toys called Transformers. Anybody remember those toys? Who had Transformers? You have Transformers? Type in the chat if you had one. And it was so cool. You know, this car that becomes a robot. And I remember seeing the movie and I was like, wow, this is pretty, pretty amazing. But if you think about life, there's transformation everywhere, right? I mean, there's, there's an invitation. Almost every gym has this invitation that you can transform your body. Right? All you have to do is work out every day and do some quad stuff or whatever bicep stuff or lift weights or run or whatever it is and exercise. And you could have, you could be a new you. You can just have your body. Doesn't that sound good? You want to transform your body? It's like, yeah, that's great. I want to do that. Transform. Um, when I visited a, a, a Pastor Nick and Rachel with their new baby and, and they were showing me all the things that this like, like, there's a lot of transforming baby equipment out there. Do you realize that? Like, strollers become car seats, and car seats become cribs. And, I mean, it's just like one-piece furniture that does everything. Everything can be transformed. Um, backpacks. Backpacks can be transformed into suitcases, and jackets can be transformed to a backpack kind of thing that you can carry. Cars are now starting to get transformed into robots. Have you seen that? I mean, it's just craziness, all kinds of weird stuff. And sometimes we say stuff like, I want to change myself. Have you ever said that to you, about yourself? Like, I want to change myself. I want to be a better person. Have you ever said that about yourself? I want to be a better person. And, 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 you know, maybe you tried a New Year's resolution and it lasted like three days or whatever it is. Or you think, I need a new perspective. I need a new perspective. I need a change in my life. And I just feel like I need a change. Anybody feel that way? You just feel like I need a change kind of thing. And maybe you want to lose weight, or maybe you want to build a better network, or maybe you want to be more productive, or you want to be smarter, or maybe you're in a position where you want to transform a culture, an organization, a team, or whatever it is, or maybe you just want to do more good. Um, I I get a kick every time, not every time, but when you ever drive by restaurants or something like that, and it says, under new management. You've seen that? And when I see that, and maybe you've been in this situation before, it always gives this impression that the management before was not good. Right? You see that, and it's like, it's under new management. It's not like the way it used to be. So you show up, and what do you do? If you look around, and there's the same furniture in, in the store, you immediately think, well, it hasn't changed at all. It has the same furniture. You see the same employees. Well, it hasn't changed at all. The same decorations all on the wall, and you think, it hasn't changed 
at all. And you just immediately, because of that familiarity, you convince yourself it really hasn't changed. But management is saying, no, 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 no. I'm a better manager than the last manager. We're under new management. This business is being transformed. Have you been there before? The word transformation I looked up some definitions, and here's some definitions of transformation. Because this is the will of God to transform us. Transformation is the process of changing. Isn't that good? It's the process of changing. Um, I, I thought this was interesting. The change undergone by an animal cell upon infection by a cancer-causing virus. That was a pretty cool. A thorough or dramatic change in form or appearance a metamorphosis during the life cycle of an animal, that word is probably the closest metamorphosis, or changing an organizational process and workflows to make them more agile, adaptive, and effective. Transformation. Have you ever said this about someone else? He will never change. She will never change. Where are you at? Do you feel like God can change you. I want you to hear this. God can transform any person. There's no heart too difficult. There's no person too difficult. We might look at people and we think, well, I don't see any way that person can change. But you're not God. God can do anything he wants. He can change any soul he wants. I want to read these, this, this Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2 and a couple of other versions. It says, and so dear brothers, this is new living. So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a holy, a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable this is the true, the truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God, there it is again, transform. Say it again with me. Transform you into a new person. And that's a new person, not transform you into an old person. That's not transform you into a better version. That's transform you into a new person. By what? By changing, how? By changing the way you think. Some of you need to think differently. That means your thinking's wrong right now. Then, there it is again, you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The J.B. Phillips translation says it like this. With eyes wide open to the mercies of God. Isn't that so good? I like the way he starts it off. It's kind of like this awareness, like, look how merciful God is to you. Look how merciful God is to our world. Look how merciful. He's so gracious and mercy. And in light of that, with your eyes wide open to the mercies of God, I beg you, I beg you. It's like this pleading that's going on here. It's like, please, 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 my brother's as an act of intelligent worship, to give him your bodies as a living sacrifice. And there's a new word he throws in there. Say consecrated with me. Consecrated. Consecrated to him and acceptable by him. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. But let God remold your minds from within. Oh, from within. So that you may prove in practice 
that the plan of God for you is good, meets all his demands, and moves towards the goal of true maturity. Well, this, these, this verse, Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, says is this is the will of God. God wants to change you. He wants to transform you. He wants to breathe life into you. He has no desire to make you just a better version. It's this idea of God wants to do something on the inside so that you look completely different. He doesn't want you to walk around with a limp anymore. He doesn't want you to walk around with pain anymore. He doesn't want you to walk around with hurt anymore. He doesn't want you to walk around with anger. He doesn't want you to walk around with lust. He doesn't want you to walk around with pride. He doesn't want you to walk around with arrogance. He doesn't want you to walk around with any of those those vices. He wants to change you on the inside. He wants to make you a brand new person. He wants to he wants to give you this better life. And there's this phrase in there that you read about, and it's called, the way to do this is, first of all, you need to offer yourself to God as a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice. Uh, it's hard for us to understand kind of what that thing is. So we're going to look at the Old Testament just for a little bit. In the Old Testament, you see this whole sacrificial system that God gave the Israelites. It involved the shedding of the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. And it it would happen in the tabernacle. It was like portable church for the Israelites. They set up this tent. And and when you walk into this tabernacle, it was the very presence of God. But but I'm going to give you a picture of what this is like. But the very first furniture piece that you walked in, you you saw the door and you entered that door and you see some smoke coming out of that box. You know what that is? That's the place where they would offer their, their sacrifice, their lamb, their goat, their bull. Okay, that's the place. This thing was covered with blood all over the walls of this sacrifice. Now think about this. The first place you walk into this tabernacle, before you go to the Holy of Holies, before the, tabern- before the very presence of God is over here, and, and, and before you get to that place, be, the first furniture piece that you see is an altar. And it's on this altar where, where, where people would get right with God. It, they would be reminded of their sins. They would be reminded of their transgressions right there. And they would hear the sound of bulls and goats and lambs getting slain. And it would be like right there, the very first thing you see when you walk into that tabernacle, you have an action. You have to offer yourself, offer this lamb or whatever. And here in the New Testament, Scripture says, you're the sacrifice. You are to be a living sacrifice. Well, if you're a sacrifice, guys, then there's no more life in you. You're done. That means you die to yourself. You die to your pride. You die to your wants. You die to your desires. You die to your preferences. You completely die to yourself. And I want you to hear this. Real transformation starts with the funeral service. And guess who's in the casket? You. Real transformation, if you really want to experience the power of God in your life. I mean, do you really want to experience the power of God in your life? It starts with you. Dying to yourself, dying to your arrogance, dying to your preferences, dying to all of that. I mean, it starts with you. And in the Old Testament, you see it. When they walk in, the first thing that happened was there was a sacrifice. 
And here in the New Testament, if you want to know the will of God for your life, if you want to be changed by God, if you want to have that new life with God, first thing that happens is you've got to crawl into this casket and there has to be a funeral service. Now, here's the problem, guys, as I thought about this. I don't think we want to die. I mean, do you? I think there's this thing called sin inside of us. What's the middle letter in the word sin? I. And I I think, here's what I want to say. We are more in love with who we are and less in love with who God wants us to become. I think that's the truth. I think, truthfully, we don't want to let go of certain things. Maybe there's a fear that God will take us somewhere that we don't want to go. I don't know. But, but I, I think secretly, we don't want to change. Come on now. We might think highly of our tongue, even though it's sharp and it hurts other people. Right? But you kind of, you're proud of your tongue. And you don't really want to change that part of your life. You might think highly of your mind, even though you go places that you really shouldn't go to and, and you entertain thoughts that you shouldn't entertain and, and, and you have a whole theater that goes on in your mind that's ungodly, but you really don't want to give God your mind. I mean, you might, you might like it when others feel inferior to you. Secretly inside, you like that power. You like the way other people feel intimidated by you. So you really don't want to change that part of your life. Or you might like it when other people feel uncomfortable around you. You're okay with that. And maybe it's because you have to feel important or something. Maybe that's how you feel important. And that's why you are okay with other people feeling uncomfortable. Or you like it when other people feel intimidated by you. There's a little part inside of you that's just called sin. And you just enjoy, secretly, you enjoy being worshipped. Secretly, you're okay with someone worshipping you. And you know they have an unhealthy relationship with you. But you like to be worshipped. Secretly, you enjoy that addiction. You don't want to let it go. Secretly, you enjoy the pleasures of lust. Or secretly, you enjoy that mess. You really don't want God to clean it up. It's part of your life, and it's become kind of an extension of your life. Or secretly, you don't want to let go of that hurt. You don't want to let go of that pain. It's kind of become part of your life, and you don't know where it starts or where it ends. It's just kind of part of of you, and that's just not an area that you want God to change. Secretly, you just, you, just, you just don't want to change. You just don't want to change. And I think that's, that's the thing that the devil uses against us. It's a lie of the devil, and here's the lie of the devil, is you don't have to change. You don't have to change. It's like the enemy just wants you to settle. He wants to settle. He wants you to just settle for the less when God has more for you. 
And you're like, okay, well, I've grown up in the church and or I've, I've gone all this and I know the Bible and I know all this. And inside of us, we think I've already arrived. I've already, I'm already there. And I, I just, you know what the goal of the Bible is? It's not information, it's transformation. That's the goal of God's word. It's not information. It's way more than that. It's certainly part of it. The goal is transformation. Transformation. It's not just about reading about love. It's about God transforming your heart. Sometimes, sometimes, and I need to say this also. If you want God to transform others, you need to experience this transformation yourself. Sometimes we're all about like, you know what? I sure hope so-and-so is listening to this sermon. <laughs> I wish my sister was here. I wish I need to send this video. And that's all good. But the goal of transformation, if you want to see transformation in someone else, then it starts with you. It starts with you. Let God do whatever he wants inside of you. Sometimes we try to change ourselves. And that's just pride. That's just like, God, uh, you know what? I know this is a bad habit. I know I need to change this attitude, this character, this temperament. I know I need to change my, my countenance. I know I need to change the way I come across with people. I know I, and so what we do is we say, I'm going to try to change myself. The reason why we do that is because we're still in the driver's seat. We're in control. Again, there's still pride there. And we try to change ourselves, And we just, you know, do our best kind of thing. And then we realize we're not strong enough. That's what Paul said in Romans chapter 7. He says, I don't really understand myself. For what I, what I do, I, where I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I do what I hate. I'm going to ask you again. Do you really want to know the love of God? Do you really want God to change you? Do you really want God? Do you really want all of God? Do you really want him? Do you really want that kind of transformation? Um, don't, 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 fool, don't fool yourself. Sometimes we can say, yep, I'm different. When everyone around you says, no, you're not. You know what I mean? If your agenda is more important than God's agenda... You haven't really changed. If your pride and your, your arrogance is still up on the top, you really haven't changed. You're not as far along as you think you are. If you start to reason within yourself and you reason and you make exceptions with God's word and, and you, you tend to put yourself up on top, even above God's word and above others, you really haven't changed. You really haven't. I have this apple I want to show you, and I love apples. Um, they're good. But when you look at an apple, um, the life really isn't in the peel, is it? I mean, that's good, right? I love eating apples. And, and even the slices, when you cut up the slices, you enjoy a good apple. But you know where the life starts is in the core, where the seeds are at. I mean, a good apple comes from good seeds, doesn't it? A good core. And if the core is good, then the apple is good. And many times when we approach God, we say, God, I want all of you, but we want enough of God for his blessings, but we don't want enough of God to be transformed. We really don't want to change. We just want his blessings on our life. Give me the new job and give me health and give me strength and, and watch over me. But God, I don't really want to change. 
And you know how that goes because you've been there before. You can put on a new suit and be the same person, can't you? When you're broken inside, you can put on a new, you can put on a new pair of jeans, a new shirt, whatever it is, a new dress, and you can still be broken on the inside, can't you? You, could, you can buy a new car and be excited and you get that Tesla and you're like, oh, this is awesome, I love this. But inside, you can be the same person. You're just driving a new car and you're the same person. You can be in a new house and say, oh, if we only had a bigger house, well, I'd be happier. And then you find out you're in the bigger house and you still are the same person. You haven't changed at all. You can go into a new relationship and say, oh, the problem is this relationship. I'm going to go into this relationship. You go into a new relationship and you discover you can't escape from you. You're still the same person, aren't you? So we try to change our environment and we say, well, I'm going to get a new job. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to a new school. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get into a new marriage, a new relationship. And if I can just get into something else, then that'll make me happy. Then I'll be a new person. The circumstances will change me. And here's what I want you to do. Um, The reason why you can't change, because you're the same person at your core. And God wants to change your core. God wants to change your core. When you allow God to change your core, then the outside is seen by everyone else that you're different, that something happened inside of you. Romans 12, Philip says it like this, give him your bodies as a living sacrifice, consecrated to him and acceptable by him. You know what that word, you know this idea behind this, I wanted to give you this here. Here's what it means. It means you sign at the bottom. You sign at the bottom. And you let God fill in everything else. That's what giving yourself to God means. You see that? Some of you need to do this. You just need to sign at the bottom. For some of you, the truth is you don't want to sign because you're afraid what might go on this blank sheet. But to consecrate yourself to the Lord, to give yourself completely to God means you're just going to sign at the bottom and it's no longer about your wants and desires and interests and opinion. You are dead to yourself. You're going to live for him. You're going to be a living sacrifice. And now you're just going to live for him. And you say, God, whatever you want, you fill it in. I'll do whatever you want. I'll go wherever you want. I'll be whatever you want. If you want me to drop that, I'll drop it. If you want me to walk away from that, I'll walk away from that. If you want me to change my days, I'll change my days. If you want me to ask for forgiveness from someone, I'm going to ask for forgiveness from them. You do whatever you want, God. Are you there? Some of you haven't made this decision. You haven't made this decision. You look like a Christian. You smell like a Christian, but he doesn't have all of you. He doesn't have all of you. The word consecrated to him literally means to make holy or dedicate to a higher purpose. That's what you're doing. You're giving yourself to God. I like the way Tozer said this. He said, a vessel that has not been presented will not be filled. Isn't that good? A vessel that has not been presented will not be filled. God cannot fill what he cannot have. Present your vessel. So the idea behind that is, you know what? If you're full of yourself, God can't really use you. If you're full of yourself, 
you really won't know the will of God. If you're really just full of yourself and you won't, let, you won't empty yourself out before God, he really can't change you because there's no room for him. You, he, think about God. How He's powerful. He's mighty. He speaks a word and stars come into existence. He, it's not, there's no one more powerful than him. The world was created by the word of God. And the Lord said, and God said, let there be... Light, and there was light. Don't you find it amazing that our all-powerful God says, no, 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 you know what? You decide what you want. You decide. I mean, our puny side, you decide. It's like God wants us to voluntarily go to him and say, God, I choose you. I choose you, God. I choose you, God. Here it is. Do whatever you want inside of me. I don't understand why all this stuff is happening in my life. I don't understand. God, I, I'm just going to choose you. And I'm going to surrender myself to your will. I'm going to surrender myself. I don't have to understand everything. It doesn't all have to go my way. I'm going to just surrender to you, God. Are you there yet? Have you made that decision yet? That's giving yourself to God. How do you know you truly have changed? How do you know it? And I would say this, you know you truly have changed when you have a new norm. That old thing, that old way, that old self, now is uncomfortable. You used to be okay living like that, but now you have a new default. So now it no longer feels natural, and you're like, I don't want to be that person. Does that make sense? So that's when even when you turn to God and you might have setbacks, and you say, okay, I had this setback. I tripped up here. This is my old way. I used to, I, got, I blew my cool over here, and I don't want to be that. And, and all of a sudden, it's a matter of urgent prayer. It's a burden for you. And you're like, I'm not going to be that sarcastic person anymore. I'm not going to be that guy anymore full of anger. I'm not going to let hurt live inside of me anymore. I'm not going to let pain live inside of me. I'm not going to be that person. You have this new desire to live for God, and nothing else as important as that and you have a greater desire to live for him than your wife than your husband than your kids than your boss than anybody else a passion a white hot passion desire god wants to change you at a level that intrigues others you know what that means i mean true transformation is when those people around you look at you and say who are you those people who know you, you know what I'm talking about? They know your past. They know your history. They know why you look the way you look. They know why you say the words that you say. They just know you. They know your triggers. They know what words not to say. They just know you. True transformation is when you're a different person at the core. And those who live under your roof and those who are closest to you look at you and say, what happened to you? That's true transformation. And if no one is intrigued with the way you're living, then you're not really changed. 
if no one is intrigued with your temperament and your character and your habits, and then you really haven't, haven't changed. One of the, we're baptizing a bunch of people this weekend, and I, my heart is just over, I'm just brimming up on the top, but one of them is uh, Tessa. Tessa, I'm super excited. I know Pastor, Pastor Nick's going to baptize you. Um, Tessa is super involved here. She serves in our media ministry, and, and she always has great camera shots. I told her that. She's so creative. And, uh, and I love it that we have a church that pours into young people. I love that fact. They're the church of today. They're not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. And she said this. She said, I grew up Catholic and was baptized as a baby when I was little. We went to church every Sunday, but it was just a chore to me. <laughs> As my siblings uh, and I grew older, we stopped going to church. I hadn't been to church in years when my friend invited me to youth group at Thorn Creek Church. Ever since then, I've been going every week and now attend church every weekend. Thorn Creek has been so welcoming and comforting that I've been able to grow in my walk with Jesus. Yeah, can you put your hands together and just praise the Lord and celebrate. Look what God is doing in this church and many. Look what God is doing. Do you recognize what God is doing? Do you recognize it? Do you see it? I see it. Verse 2, Paul the Apostle says this in Romans. He said, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. You know what that means? That means the world is not our barometer. The world system is not our system. Just because the world says something doesn't mean that's our standard. But we should be transformed. The ancient Greek word for transformed is metamorpho. And metamorpho refers to that that inward and real transformation. It's the caterpillar becoming a butterfly, a whole new creature by the renewing of your mind. In Ezekiel chapter 36, we started off this service by singing that song, Rattle, which is just a fun song about, you know, life coming into a bunch of dried up old bones that you read about in Ezekiel chapter 37. But in chapter 36, you see God is speaking to his people, the Israelites, and they're not transformed. They're not changed. You know, sometimes people could, could be in the right place, but not be changed. Not be changed. I mean, think about this. There's a story of the prodigal son in the gospel of Luke. And the story of the prodigal son is this father's just loving on this rebellious son, right? So the father is full of love. In that same house, there's an older brother, and the older brother does not have the same love that the father has, does he? In fact, he gets angry. See, the older brother is not transformed. Even though he has grown up under dad his whole life, he knows dad loves and he shows mercy, but the older brother has not been changed. Maybe he goes to church regularly, but he's not changed. You see that? There's another guy named Jonah. You read about him. God says, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to preach because I care about those people and I don't want any of them to go to hell. And, and Jonah says, I'm a, I'm a messenger of your word, but I'm not going to go to Nineveh. They deserve hell. 
I'm going to go to this other place instead. Tarshish. I'm going to go there. See, Jonah was a prodigal prophet. Jonah was preaching a message, but he himself was not transformed. See, we could be in the church and not be transformed, not be changed. We could be around the miraculous and not be changed. You know what I'm talking about? We could be, and that's it, we could be a Jonah. We could be the older brother in the story of the prodigal son. See, every day you've got to say, all right, it's a, it's a daily choice. It's not a one-time signature you sign once in your whole life. It's a daily choice to say, God, I just, this, this is just too big for me, and I don't understand everything. And, and you know what, God? Your way is more important than my way. Your will is more important than my will. And I'm just going to choose to do whatever. I'm just going to make this decision. So in Ezekiel chapter 36, the Israelites are not transformed. In fact, when you look at the Old Testament, you see them over and over. They sin, and there's a bunch of bulls and goats and all this stuff, and it's just part of their life. But over and over, you see a rebellious side. And in Ezekiel chapter 36, it's like God shares the, like the, the DNA of what transformation is. He just, this is about, in Scripture, this is probably the most specific place in the Bible that talks about what transformation looks like. And this is what God tells Israel. He says, for I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. Here it comes. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. Before God can change you, he needs to cleanse you. He needs to make you clean. That happens through the blood of Jesus Christ. You have to be empty before you could be full. You have to be empty before you can be full. In verse 26, he says, I will give you a what, church? I'll give you what? Now, is that the old heart? Is that your heart? It's not a, it's not a, a revised 4.22 version heart. It's a, what church? A type in new heart. Type in new heart if you're watching online. I'll give you a new heart and put a, what church? A new spirit. And where's that new spirit going to go? In you. See, what, what, what God, in other words, what God is saying, that old heart that you have in yourself is holding you back. That old heart that you have in yourself has been wounded. That old heart that you have inside of you is full of pain and hurt and there's weight. That old heart that you have inside of you has scars. And that old heart that you have inside of you has been contemplating, you know, desires that are just not pleasing. That old heart is just taking you places. That old heart is full of greed. And, and God says, I'm going to put a new heart inside of you. God wants to put a new heart inside of you. And then he wants to put a new spirit inside of you. He's going to take out all those spirits inside of you that just aren't of God. He's going to put a new spirit inside of you. That's what he wants to do. And then he says, I will remove from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Again, God's saying the heart that you have inside is hard. It's like a rock. And, and, and you can't hear God speak to you. You can't see what God is doing if your heart is like a rock. You can't hear God. You're not changeable. 
you're not moldable, you're not pliable. So, so God says, I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to give, put a new heart. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a, a new spirit. And, and, and I'm going to take your heart of stone and give you your heart of flesh instead. And then he says, I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. So here God is saying, you know, he's going to give you an appetite to read God's word. He's going to give you a desire to be obedient to God. He's going to put a craving inside of you to walk in the ways of Jesus Christ. He's going to put something inside of you that has a desire to honor God with your whole life. But it only happens when you have a new heart and a new spirit. Our problem is we try to walk with God with our old heart and our old spirit. And it's hard. You just can't do it. You just might as well You just stop going to church and everything like that. I, true transformation involves the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. You cannot be truly changed unless the Holy Spirit is involved. I like the way Dallas Willard said it. He said, the aim of spiritual formation is not behavior modification. And that way we naturally try to do. We're just going to modify our behavior. We're going to modify this just a little bit. But, tra- but the transformation of all the, those aspects of you and me where behavior comes from circumcision of the heart. That's what the Spirit of God does. He circumcises the heart. Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 4. Since you've heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Throw it off. Instead, say instead with me. Say instead. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Some of you, you need to let the Holy Spirit change your thinking. Because your thinking is wrong. Your thinking is wrong. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Another way to put this is God loves us too much to let us stay as we are. Glory to God. He loves you too much to leave you in that hard place, in that dark place. He loves you too much to leave you in that place. He went on to say in Romans chapter 8, for we are all, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. That's, those are the, these are the true children of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God. At Thorn Creek, we still believe God authentically changes lives. In this church, we will always applaud when a life is changed. Glory to God. We believe everybody needs the grace of God. We believe God can change any heart. It doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. It doesn't matter how many scars you have, how many wounds you have. We believe God miraculously changes lives. And we will always celebrate that in this church. We get more excited about a changed heart than the way someone dresses. We get more excited about a changed heart than any kind of rituals. I get way more excited about a heart that has changed than any kind of thing we do here in the church that's just we do because we do. I, 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 really, I really don't care. If we, if we spill coffee and latte on the, on the carpet, well, if the heart is changed by God, glory to God. That's what we look at. 
Let me read to you this story. This is the other gal we're baptizing today. Her name is Lisa. She gave me permission to share this. She said, my name is Lisa, and I'm so happy to be here tonight to recommit my life to the Lord. This is a really long testimony, but this is abbreviated. So just listen to this abbreviated version. She said, being baptized as an adult has been on on my heart for many years. I just never felt like it was the right time or felt comfortable and accepted in a church until now. She feels accepted and welcomed at Thorn Creek Church. Glory to God. When I was 14 years old, I became the victim of sexual abuse. This continued off and on throughout most of high school until I realized that if I had a boyfriend, he would leave me alone. This man was married into my family and was more than twice my age. He took my innocence, self-love, and self-respect. This led me down the dark path of disrespecting and sinning against my own body at a very young age. When I was 21, I fell in love. She put that in quotes. And we moved in together after just a few months of knowing each other. He ended up being both physically and verbally abusive. She mentions that she had a she had a beautiful, beautiful little girl and and the second child, she got pregnant. He was so upset because she was pregnant, he made her get an abortion. And she hated herself for that. She was so broken over that. Then she says, I took the steps to leave him and I became a single mom. My spirit was completely broken. I was angry and I doubted God. Mm. In 2016, I got married to my wonderful husband, Amos, and Amos is here. And since then, he has shown me love, understanding, and support that I have never experienced in my life. Way to go, Amos. Way to go, Amos. In September, we adopted a puppy, and after two short days, she sadly passed away due to a defective heart, losing all of his what led us to Thorn Creek Church. Isn't that cool? I mean, it's not cool that the dog dies, but it's cool that God will use anything, and he kind of wakes us up and says, oh, I, I love you. And, we, you know, it was the dog that died that led her to come to Thorn Creek Church. We attended off and on over the next several weeks, but didn't fully commit to coming back and getting involved until the end of October when we suffered another loss. We had a miscarriage. After that, I knew that I needed God in my life. And I started praying every day. I felt an unexplainable comfort and a desire to keep coming back to church. You know, when God draws us, many times there's an event in our life that awakens us. There's something that goes deep inside of us that awakens us and we say, I need church, I need God, I need Jesus, I can't, you know, there's something that happens and that's just just what God does. He allows it to happen sometimes. Through accepting Jesus, I know that he is with me. And he has been with me through everything. (laughs) Wow, it's powerful for her to say that. 
That's really powerful. Wow, it's beautiful, Lisa. Second Corinthians 5.17, she says this, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. I'm so excited for the new. Oh, glory to God. Isn't that beautiful testimony, guys? It's hard for me to share that without crying in front of everyone. Because we can all identify with that. And she shared a transformational verse. She says, if anybody's in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Let me say it this way. Some of you who are hard-hearted and stubborn and are refusing to change. This is a wake-up call. You do not realize what's on the line if you don't change. You hear that? Well, look at everyone in their eyes when I say that. You do not realize what's on the line if you don't change. You do not realize what's on the line if you don't allow God to change you. You do not realize. The devil, he wants you to self-destruct. And right now, you're in a place of grace and mercy. Give all of yourself to him. Right here. All you got to do is sign it. You can sign later at the church if you want. But you just need to say, all right, here it is, Lord. It's no longer going to be about me. Are you ready to do that? Some of you need to do that. You need to make that decision. You need to say, okay, I'm done. I'm done. You do not realize what's on the line if you don't change. Your family, your friends, your marriage, your job, your life would be impacted, will be impacted by your hard heart. So while you're under grace, turn to the Lord with all of your heart. Well, I want to give you an opportunity, guys. Let me pray for you. If first of all, you desire to turn to Jesus, would you just say this? Say, Jesus, I ask you to uh, be my Lord and Savior. I invite you into my heart. I want to be a Christian right now. So forgive me for my sins. And I turn to you with all of my heart. Others of you, maybe you need to, uh, you need to die to yourself and, and maybe you need to sign that blank document. Would you say this? God, right now, Right now, God, I want to give you myself like I've never given you myself ever. I want to invite you to, first of all, cleanse me. I'm an, I want to be a living sacrifice. So right now, I choose to die to myself as best as I know how. I'm going to surrender to you. I'm going to give you my, my pain and my hurt and my anger. I'm going to give you, God, my pride and my arrogance. I'm going to give you my, my days and my nights. I'm going to give you my core. And now I ask you, God, to transform my core. Change me. Take out my old heart and give me a new heart. Take out my old spirit and put a new spirit, your spirit inside of me. I want to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you, God, which is my reasonable act of service to you, consecrated to you, God. Thank you, God, for your great love. Now do a miracle, work in our homes, work in our families, God. 
We worship you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Say amen. Isn't God good? Would you raise your hand? Praise, praise the Lord, guys. God is so, have you sensed the Lord? I hope you have. So baptisms. What's baptism? When you look at the Bible, um, those people who got baptized, got baptized after they committed their life to Jesus. That's an important part of baptism. It's after someone makes a conscious decision to be a follower of Jesus Christ. They got baptized. And you see this throughout, throughout the early church. Um, it, it's a, baptism, the water, it's, it's this holy grave. It's a picture of someone going down and their old life and them coming up as a resurrected new life. It's a picture of their new walk with Jesus Christ. And for those of you who are getting baptized, let me just say this. It's the start. Every day you got to sign that document and, and, and it's, you're growing and growing and growing. I wish it was just a one-time, you know, fixed kind of thing, um, but it's not. But this is an important part in your Christian journey. The church that I grew up in, got baptized when I was a baby. I don't know, I was maybe two weeks old or something. I have no clue. I didn't, I don't remember that at all. But I chose to get baptized when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. In fact, one of the gals we're baptizing here today, that was her story. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to baptize these two awesome, awesome young women <laughs> today. And, uh, and, and, and here comes the part where, where you might want to get involved we want to open up baptisms. I know you came to church and your intention was to come and to sit and watch. But maybe God has a plan for you. Maybe you're going to sign your name on that blank document. If you consider yourself a Christian, but you've never been baptized, this is your opportunity. We have open baptisms right now. So here's what we have in the back. There's a pair of shorts there's a shirt and there's a towel. And you can go back there, pick it up right now in the back. Pastor Jeremy is by there. And then go change in the bathroom and come back and we'll baptize you. We'll baptize you during this song. We'll baptize you. And then you go back and change and you'll go home in dry clothes. All right? But this is a chance where you could boldly boldly turn to Jesus and say, I want to get baptized. So while we're doing these baptisms, think about that, will you? Um, you can go to the back. In fact, let me just say, if you want to get baptized, um, go now. Stand up and go to the back and Pastor Jeremy's back there. He'll give you a pair of shorts and shirts. Come on up here. Who are we going to do first? I think we're doing Tessa. Pastor Nick is going to come up here. Again, if you want to get baptized, go right now in the back and start changing. Go ahead, Pastor Nick. Tessa, come on up. Uh, church, this is, um, this is Tessa. And um, Tessa is a, a student in our, in our youth ministry. And she's, she was invited by her friend uh, to come and attend. And uh, you can come on up. It's okay. You can stand next to me. You don't have to be afraid. Um, and it's been so fun uh, just to watch this transition from this girl who initially would kind of hide in the back, kind of stick with her one friend, and that was safe. And then eventually you see her, she starts making friends and, and, and everything starts making sense. And you start seeing this transformation 
in her. She's someone who you almost never see. She's serving behind a camera or whatever, but she's given her life here to serve, and it's been beautiful to see. I love seeing transformation. And so today, she's, she's committing her life to Jesus again. She's going to get in the water. She's going to get baptized, and you guys are here to see this. What a special, beautiful thing this is. That's what just to commit your life to Jesus. Tessa, is Jesus your Lord and Savior of your life? Yes, he is. So you're going to follow Jesus, or you're going to love him and serve him for your whole life? I am. Tessa, it's my pleasure to baptize you. Go ahead and grab your nose. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. It's nice, isn't it? Your story, your story is amazing. And I want you to know you have a God who heals. And I love what you said. You said God was with you through everything. And he, he has been with you through everything. Um, is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? All right. Because of your faith in Jesus Christ, it's my privilege to baptize you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Congratulations. Well, guys, we have a brave soul that's going to get baptized. Our open invite. She wasn't here. Who's getting baptized? Pastor Jeremy just said, someone's coming now. Someone's coming now. Oh, my word, guys. Here comes... Here comes a woman of courage, guys. She came to church. She didn't know this was going to happen. Yeah, come on, look at this here. Come on in. Tell everyone your name. You can sit down. It's really... Um, I'm Danielle. All right, Danielle. Is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Yes. All right, you want to get baptized? Yes. Okay, well, let me baptize you here. Why don't you put your feet up in front of you here a little, because we're going to go backwards here. Okay, put this hand on your nose here, and I'm going to baptize you. Because of your faith and trust in Jesus, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 